everybody, and welcome. This is the Nokomoto Podcast coming That's to you good. from Thanks. sunny Santa Cruz, California. There you go. That's still a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Hey there! Hey there! Hey there! Hey there! Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles <laughs> and Misfits, coming to you live from the Recycle Garage <laughs> in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza, and I have a big announcement to make. But first, let's get to who is here in the garage. We've got an interesting and eclectic group. There were some no-shows today, and that's fine. Uh, Emma and Bagel had, had things they're doing. I said, you know what? Go ahead and take the day off. They were going to zoom in. I said, you don't need to. We've got a heavy hitter joining us tonight. Uh, but but first, we've got running the board, Stumpy John. Hey, everybody. Stumpy John here, king of the scooters. <laughs> you should see me riding around town. The scooter tug. Fat man on a fat scooter. You, you even took your wife for a ride. I did. She liked it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, we're great. talking about the scooter, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, also joining us, it's Naked Jam. Hey, what's happening? Glad to be here. Um, yeah, I made it. May, uh, Emma may not have. We were fortunate enough last night to see Mike Beck and the Bohemian Saints play in Carmel by the Sea at the American Legion Hall. And it was a hoot. But, uh, you know, last time I saw uh, Emma, I think her and Mike were riding off into the night like banshees. Uh, something out of a uh, Hunter S. Thompson, uh, Hunter S. Thompson book, <laughs> throwing caution to the wind. Fear and so, loathing in Monterey. Yeah, fear and loathing in Monterey. But uh, <laughs> but if if you don't haven't listened to Mike Beck or Mike Beck and the Bohemian Saints, they were rocking last night. So good time. Well, and and it's hard to fill the shoes of both Bagel and Miss Emma, but I think we got a ringer to do it, Mister Helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> That is I, I that is there. true. That's burned in Mr. my Mr. Helicopter himself is <laughs> MotoGP in Hello. the house. Hello. Hello, I am MotoGP, uh, America's most talkative motorcyclist. <laughs> well, there's only two of you on your show, and your brother's not that talkative, so the weight falls on He's, you. He comes into his own on the second half of the show. After you get a few beers in him, he, he comes alive. Thus his name, Swiggy. So what brings you out to sunny Santa Cruz? You guys. Yeah, I'm I'm out here on vacation. Uh, You know, I I was telling you outside, uh, me and Swigs, we went down to in April to uh, Austin, Austin, Texas. Had a big old motorcycle trip riding down to MotoGP and back. And on the way back, uh, my uh, my other half calls me and she's like, I can't deal with it. You've been gone a whole week, blah, 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 blah. We need to do a vacation together. She wanted to see some friends out here. And I said, yeah, okay. I got some things to do along the way, though. <laughs> so first first time out west. It is. First time in Wait. California. What are, what, are, what are your impressions? It's nice. I mean, you know, you always say sunny Santa Cruz. I've been dealing <laughs> with rain all day. It's, you know, to be fair, it's cleared up just a little bit in the last 40 minutes here as I arrive. It's, yeah. a, it's some weird weather. No, right no now. rain here. Bit of a June gloom. Well, it was a little bit north riding down the coast, but. Was it? All right. Yeah, we haven't. No, we had some sprinkles recently, but that's so rare here. Um, but no, our lakes are and rivers are full. We've had our. our, our allotment for about the last seven years it's a gushing well you know we do get 300 days of sunshine in northern colorado so i 
Colorado weather's no joke. We almost died multiple times like <laughs> yeah. in a day. They kept trying to kill us. <laughs> All day was trying to kill us out in Colorado. Yeah, Mother Nature much, had, a, had a beef. Much respect to Colorado riding. It it changes the weather changes so quick up there though the way <laughs> yeah. it comes over the mountains so like you know, if it rains or whatever I just deal with it because nothing lasts for more than forty five minutes we're not fine. talking about we were talking about like hail like 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 Old Testament oh, lightning yeah, the, out of nowhere yeah and then the hail at the top of Pikes Peak yeah riding like, Pikes Peak in no a hailstorm that's that's exciting yeah <laughs> but beautiful beautiful state oh I know it's, well, I'm spoiled there yeah glad to have you here um, like I said. Those are hard shoes to fill, but I knew that you could do it. So uh, you're able to, you have the same gift for Gab that Emma does. So hopefully uh, you'll, you'll help us uh, keep this going. I mentioned that I had some, um, an announcement to make. And I'm feeling like, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to say I have any regrets or anything. But um, I will say that I sold two bikes yesterday. And I'm feeling a little bit of a hole, I think. What bikes did you sell? <laughs> so um, I sold not one, but two KLRs. Because you know what? They're best in pairs, I think. I had that one that I brought back from South Dakota that I was putting out the word that I wanted to sell it. And my friend Relda, hey Relda, mm-hmm. from Chickstan. She was um, interested in getting into maybe a little adventure riding. I think she would. I think that'd be right up her alley. She seems like a very adventurous spirit. So I said, "Well, why don't you come down next weekend, and I'll take you out for a ride. You can try it." Um, and then she brought her her boyfriend Marcus, the German Marcus. Yeah, he's a friend of ours. So I did Farfait something Nuka. pretty. I, I think it's pretty dirty, though. Others said it was brilliant marketing. Um. I took them out to hit some of our favorite roads here, not far. And as I said, we're never going to be like tw- more than 20 minutes from home. It's like, we're not going far, but first we're going to stop and get some sausage, that mm. Coralita sausage. So Pete, this like is it. great. It's once you're getting up into the foothills, um, it's a little, little, you know, market. mountain market yeah. that has their own butcher counter and they make their own sausages okay. and you can go and get it a sausage sandwich. From I think them. half the market's the meat market. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. And then there's a little, a tiny little park with picnic tables you can eat in and it's so nice, but it's so fun because you kind of get the local flair and then you get all these like, um, there was uh, car clubs, you get motorcyclists, you get everyone there. There was, um, uh, Alfa Romeo Car Club came by. Oh, right on. Yeah, cool. and BMWs. Well, and that, those KLRs, you know, those are perfect bikes to have an enjoyable ride up there. They're comfortable. They're yeah. capable. You got the dirt bikey kind of suspension so going. So we just started out doing all those little back roads through the orchards and stuff up there. And then I took them up to our secret dirt riding spot up in the mountains that that we sometimes go to and you can go, I, you have them in, plentiful in, in Northern Colorado where you get these fire trails that you can go ride. We did that one. Is it like oh, Rampart yeah. or something like that? There's Oh yeah. Rampart. Yeah, yeah. Like we've done, that's where we almost died in a lightning storm, but yeah. we don't have that many here. And so, but there is one and then it gets so kind of remote up on the top of the mountain that there's an area that people just abandon cars and camp out and have created trails, systems. And, and you're in these the giant trees, but you can just go and kind of... Um, you can play around. Like play it, around it, and just explore the forest on your dirt bike and nobody's going to yell at you. It's nice when you get a new dirt bike and you want to just check it out. You just bop up there. It takes you a half an hour to get up there and you can you know mess around in the woods and stuff and... 
Anyway, it's all we got. <laughs> yeah, but and for me, it's kind of the really the true spirit of adventure riding because you don't necessarily have to stay on a trail. They're not really formed trails. There's just you're just riding between the trees, the trees, trees. Yeah, avoiding down branches and mud holes and just kind of exploring the woods on a, a dirt bike. And so I took them up there and they just go explore. And they just rode around and had fun. And then we left there and rode twisty ro- back roads again um, down and had ended with Gizditch pie, which is pie served out of a barn in the middle of apple orchards. Oh, I see what you did. That's like when you sell your house. You, <laughs> bake, <laughs> cookies, yeah. you bake cookies before yeah. people come in. Yes, I know. Um, I hadn't intended on selling my other KLR. I planned on keeping it. I mean, we even talked about it. everyone should have a KLR, right? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a third bike. Mm. That's that's my rule. Um, but I realized this the, these two, they're a couple, and they're going to go on adventures together. I'm like, they're, they're really going to need two of them. And I would love to see my bike getting used more, and, and, and but also to enable them to go on adventures and go to Mojave and go up to the Sierras and all these places that we've kind of explored. So I was like, well, do you want to buy them both? And they were like, yes. Yeah, good answer. Okay. Yeah, well, it's a great pair. I mean, if you're a couple and you're doing that kind of stuff, they're the same bikes. You're going to be at the same pace. You're going to be doing the same type of riding. Oil filters are going to be the same, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, exactly. they're, and, they're, and they are, you know, as dad bod as they are, they are, as we say all the time, super versatile bikes. So I think it'd be great for them to pick them up. And then you could buy a new, a different <laughs> color KLR. Okay, so I've got a hard disagree here. Okay. Uh-oh. Let's well, okay, so third bike, I said. The, well, no, I'm talking about uh, the, you know this couple buying the same, each having the same bike. Yeah. So I, I ride mostly with my brother, and now with my with 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 my partner Claire. And I don't know. This is just me, but the people that I ride with, we're super close, we're super trusting, and it's just constant bike swapping. Yeah. Mm. If like me and Swigs or me and Claire had the same motorcycle, you can't really bike swap. It for like when like when we do big road trips, it's like okay, I'll do two hundred miles on my bike, then two hundred miles on yours, or whatever. Or hey, you know, we just rode this canyon, you know, in one direction on these bikes. Let's swap and come the other way. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they're, they're I don't know, I I can't imagine having the same bike. But again, wh- whenever I buy like a bike, for example. I like consult Claire or Swigs because I'm like, hey, like, you know, what haven't we done yet? Mm-hmm. What's a what kind of bike? What brand of bike? What's, you know, engine? Uh, you know, what haven't we done? So we're always kind of going like, well, this might be my, my second or third choice of my next bike to buy. But like what fills a gap that we haven't done yet? So when you buy two of the same ugh, missed opportunities. So I'm going to hard disagree with you there. Okay. <laughs> Um, because uh, I think that, and especially with a bike like a KLR, it's more fun to ride uh, with somebody on the same bike. That's why you have Grom groups and ruckus groups and, you know, KLRs. When you're riding with someone on the same bike, you're riding the same pace, the same kind of terrain, same speeds. And as a couple who are maintaining them, as you said, same parts, you know, you can swap parts if you need. Just low maintenance, it's easy. But, you know, John and I, we ride our KLRs together and Jim and I would ride our, our CRFs together, you know, um, they, they, I think it works better. But again, uh, when you see these groups of people on mopeds or on. Yeah. And I, and, I th- and I think the closeness that you, you enjoy, you know, you're fortunate to have with your crew 
it's hard because I know most of us don't like to swap our bikes. Most of us, you kind of yeah. have this little bond, and it's your bike. And mm-hmm. I know when I ride, because Liza's like, "Take my bike." You're always like, "Then I'm like, I no, I know, I like, my, I like my bike." So I think it's just a, it gets to be a very personal, a personal choice. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and depends on what else they have in the garage. Here's the other thing: you kind of go the the swapping, the partner swapping method. We're going to go with Liza's more Mormon roots. And say, just have a bunch of bikes <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and just pull whichever one out suits you that day. Have but, them all. but if they have a couple of, let's say they have well, a couple they of do. other bikes. This couple does. They've got the Bonneville and the yeah. Harley and other stuff. Different. Yeah. So they have a bit of a quiver to choose from, but I guess, you know, it, and I don't know how much um, adventure riding they're doing, but if they want to do a little bit of adventure riding and break into it again, it's a, it's a great bike. Yeah, they were talking about um, signing up for like some of uh, Matt's breaking away adventures. Yeah, you know, perfect that kind of for stuff. that. You know, it's not just the parts; it's also like just learning how to like chain adjustments. How do you do the chain adjustments? Same on both bikes. You know, how do you take the skid plate off? Same on both bikes. You know, that kind of. I imagine that be that'd be helpful. If you're going off road, I can see your point a lot more yeah. because that's that is kind of more important to have the bond with your specific bike. And I don't know if they're different years and they've got different history. I don't know. One might need. The forks redone and the other one's real solid and it's kind of it's good to know what your bike does well and it's good yeah. to know what your bike doesn't do well when you're off-road like that and as we're talking relationships maybe we get back to the thing where you don't you don't marry it you're not marrying the bike so they get them and they ride them and they get to a feel for more like off-roading or dirt bike whatever they end up doing then they sell it and buy something that's more mm-hmm. you know suited to their personality well, or something i think also um what i've learned like you know um we swapped bikes the other the other week and i hopped on his klr his handlebars are set up different you know or i'll get on jim's uh dirt bike and ride it which is great amazing bike but i hate his seat Mm -hmm. you know it's like each person can kit the bike to them and just even little things especially when you're riding dirt the where where your, your levers are can be a big difference, you know. Yeah. But I'm just glad um, it's going to go and help them go explore and have new, new adventures. But that creates a problem for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you do have a problem now. Mm-hmm. I have a problem big where problem. I have a hole to fill. I feel like um, a KLR-sized hole in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Pete, can only this, be fixed by another KLR. Uh, okay. This, this is my uh, first world problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. I cannot think of a single bike I need or want at this time but i have the space in my garage and i have the money to buy it now here's my criteria Mm. all of my bikes have to serve a different kind of function right or what i say is um if i'm going to go for a ride which is usually going to be dirt biking um or into the the hills kind of doing you know curvy hills or some long distance thing going down to la or something right I cannot think of a single bike that I would choose before any of the bikes I currently have. So I have my 690 Enduro for the dirt. I got my Africa Twin for a long distance. And I have my 990 SMT that's like a sport bike for me. I cannot think of any bike that I would choose before one of those three. And this is a problem for me because I'm always like, what's next? What's next? I I want to try something new. I want to do something else. You need an adventure scooter. I think that's that's your next bet. And I have my my Honda scooter out there that serves my scooter purposes. That 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 Elite Two Fifty sexy. I, uh, <laughs> it's hard to beat. It of really is. <laughs> walking walking through walking through the garage. That that's the one that caught my eye. Oh really? It's but I'm a sick beat. fuck. 
So. <laughs> it's only got like 2,000 miles on it. Oh, Maybe 3,000 now. Jeez. It I, might be for sale if you make the right price. <laughs> I got it out of a museum with 850 miles on it. Well, I was out of Jameson, huh? Yeah. I would see, say probably, you, should, you should let me just ride it back to San Francisco tonight. I'll drop it back <laughs> no, off no. on Tuesday. No, I, I would so, say that's probably your least likely bike you would sell. Is yeah, it? it's the one I use the most. Yeah. I use it for around town all the right. time. But um, like bikes that have been on my list, I said, well, okay, maybe it's time to get a Bonneville. I've always I, want, mm. It's been on my list. And mm. I thought, I'm never going to choose the Bonneville over... One of the other bikes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I was like, oh, VMAX. VMAX has been on my list. That's on my list, too. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, like... They're cool. Mm-hmm. So now, now you're... When you said VMAX there, now you just sparked me. So when yeah. I think about what's on my list, right? Because my ideal number of bikes to have is two. <gasps> Let oh. me explain. Because two bikes is every bike in the world. Including let scooters? Me, let me... Including... So, Wait, is this a case of D minus one? Uh, well, no. What? Well, yes and no. So my <laughs> thing is, I haven't done it this year. I've I've moved twice in the last years. Bought a new house. Got a bunch of shit going on, and I've bought like a bunch of project things. But as a, as far as like titled on the road, I try to have two, and I try to sell one of them every year and replace it. Okay. Because there's too many motorcycles to have. Yes. I try to only renew the registration on a bike one time, and then move. Right. Wow. It's a hard rule to stick by. I haven't done it super well, but as much as I can, that's my goal because I want to have one of everything. Jim, you've kind of been on the two-year schedule. Yeah, not not, <laughs> but not by design. Not though. by design, but it just works that way. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about like next bikes yeah. for me, right? Uh, I think about like two things. Is there something I've got that I could upgrade or is there a whole different avenue I haven't gone, right? So I still haven't had to Ducati. Well, I mean, my I've dad had, had a Ducati that I rode the shit out of, but I haven't like owned my own Ducati and I, I haven't have. had a Harley Davidson. I have. So, you know, when we're when we're thinking, you're thinking like a, a special purpose of a and bike, but is there sort of a philosophy of bike you haven't had? Like, you know, have you gone Busa yet? Have oh. you? No, but I've taken sport bikes off of the list because I've done okay. sport bikes and I don't fit them anymore. They're not comfortable. And to you have no, okay, inti- no interest enough. in like vintage English bikes. And British I have bikes. two vintage bikes in the garage that I finally non-opt and just drained because I'm mm. just not taking them out. But like I was looking at a um, another one on my list. Uh, God, I keep forgetting the name. The Honda 1987 Honda 65th Trans Alp. Yeah. And there's a okay. sweet Transalp available nearby. And I'm like... So it's like a vintage mm. Africa twin. But then I feel like I don't really have a good garage to really keep a vintage bike well-maintained. That's why I had a CX-500 Turbo, right. which had been a big one on my list. And I, I sold it because I just don't feel like I can keep it in the the condition it needs to be. We got the salt air here. and Right. Um. I thought the uh, ADV scooter, the I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually pointing at bikes here in the room. Um, the Honda ADV scooter is very interesting to me. 150 or the 750? 150. Oh, I like, okay, now you're talking my language. Yeah. But then it, it would displace the, the Elite 250 that is fine. Um, and then um, the the number one bike on my list right now, which okay. I think is the closest thing to the most perfect all-around bike, is an 890 Adventure. But if I get the 890 Adventure, I'd have to sell my 990 SMT and my Africa Twin because it knocks both of them out. 
Okay, so we're talking about replacing. And you the got bike. another KT. Well, no, not necessarily, but that's that's on the table because if it's the right bike. If I got an eight ninety adventure, I would choose to ride that before the SMT or the Africa Twin on those kinds of rides. It does everything. So then you're down to two motorcycle properties. And I'm de- well, except for the, and the, and the scooter, scooter and the mini bike and the yeah. But so I'm like, oh, can I be that person? <laughs> you know, maybe you're thinking too small. Okay. Okay. So, well, you're you're thinking about like a new bike. Okay. Let me let me appeal to to the real moto slut inside you. Uh, <laughs> what about swapping two bikes? Right. So right now you've got the 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 KTM is adventure and touring. Right. What uh, about no the Africa Twin is adventure touring. The KTM nine ninety SMT is. Well, you still have the six ninety two. And the six ninety is my dirt bike. Well, okay. 990 is my street touring bike. Right. See? But they're both kind of like a little of both. They're all kind way. of three big know, adventure know, bikes. So, they're all so, three adventure bikes. You know, yeah, I know. <laughs> maybe something just out like something like uh, like a like a Honda uh, 450RL. <laughs> And like with a huge seat with a seat off of Winnebago. <laughs> and then like and then like the sweetest, like That's best condition, has. cheapest, like nineties Goldwing you can find. Goldwing. Okay. Have you ever had a Goldwing? I haven't. So I did consider <sighs> that. Um, you don't like, have the space okay, for it. Goldwing. <laughs> okay. But I don't have uh there, nineties Goldwing. Um I don't have the a trip planned. Okay. Well that's a solvable problem. I have my vacations planned for the next three years already. I'm sure one of them goes through Colorado. No, you they're all out of, right? out of this country. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I have one for you to consider. Oh, oh I'm, this is what I need. I need things I haven't thought I of. Have, and, and I say we go for quantity of ideas over quality. Okay, so throw out every qu- crazy idea. But here's it's a good a one. safe space, Jim. There's no it's bad safe ideas. Space. Okay, it's a sexy bike. And I think the oh. purpose for it, it's your, it's your around the town, but you could also ride it down to Monterey. MB5. It's a hurt no, maybe five. God no, it's a head turner. It's a cool looking bike. It is a cool bike. It's done cool stuff. Maybe a brand you haven't owned before, and it's high performance. Oh, it's an Indian. Oh yeah, yeah. The FTR. Yeah, yeah. We talked about. That. I just don't yeah, think yeah, ergonomically you, you that. that's going to set up for you though. Yeah, it's not going to set up. All right, for I've me. got two. I'm thinking Moto Guzzi. <gasps> yeah. I support this. Yeah. Holy shit. Have you ever had a Moto Guzzi? I have not. Oh yeah. my God. And you got so lots good. of, I like that new scrambler, the V7 scrambler. That's what Carla was talking about. Yeah. Carla's digging that V7. See, and I'm like, get it. And, and one bike I would consider would be bike. the, the, the triumph 1200 scrambler. Ooh, yeah. That's sexy. Or yeah, but, Ducati desert sled. Yeah, but sled. That, that's the Ducati. If, if you could, uh, if ergonomically the desert sled set up for you, that would be bitching. Uh-huh. But, um, the Gucci's more unique. You know what? What was the other one you just mentioned? Um, the oh, the Triumph. Yeah, that's still Scrambler. similar. To, that's that's similar to the Africa Twin kind of the other bikes no, you've not. got. You know what I'm saying? It's still a big adventure kind of bike. No, it's a not. I a put it in the same kind of, kind of. All right, category. all right, all right. Let's let's slice let's splice two ideas together here. So Moto Gucci, and yeah. then going back to like the Goldwing up. thing. This is a very unexpected, super weird fetishist Moto Gucci. The MGX twenty one Flying Fortress. Oh, as a big, oh, God, you, no. you get you get a bagger, you get a fucking weird fetish machine, and I'll <laughs> tell you, it's a pleasure to ride. There's power everywhere. I know it's a fourteen hundred. It feels like a two liter bike. Mm. It is big, comfy, and weird, and nice to ride. 
It's a conversation piece if you want it. If you don't want to have any gas station conversations, don't worry, because no one's going to approach you. <laughs> it's just too weird looking. It is the conversation bike that no one wants to have a conversation about. I'm going to say hard pass. All right. What about oh, no only fun. only because it's a tour. It's a long distance touring bike and I don't really have any long distance trips and I have bikes that will do those trips that I don't have planned already. Okay. The Africa All twin right. and the SMT. I rode the SMT cross country already to vintage days one year. Right. Um, okay. So what about, I'm going to go to the other direction. Okay. Royal Enfield. Himalayan. Different. Weird, slow. I don't think I would appreciate it when I have KTM's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's I like I think is the problem. That's the replacement for the KLR, though. It's got the same sort of yeah. power profile, and um, I think I would go with it. I found it VMAX. Now that you're looking all over the room, I'm pointing to it. Like, yeah, there's VMAX. I I can see one. Right it's there. hard to it's hard to throw down the VMAX is a bad idea. That's that's Man, but on they were my like, list. VMAX they were stupid money. We were looking at them. Trans out um, are ones that I want to knock off the list. And there was a VMAX uh, for sale that was an older one. Oh well, and also okay, here's the here's the dumbest thing. So there's a another KLR available for a good price. Yeah. So I might just go get another KLR. You know, KLRs are like buying a savings bond. You're, I you'll get your money out of it. a new KLR if you just did something with it that no one has ever done before. <laughs> like like a like a NOS kit or something. So would you still it's sell you one of the like Way outside the box. No. You still, you still or, keep what you got? No, because here's the thing. The KLR is the spare bike. As John will attest, when starts. any one of the bikes doesn't, if my dirt bike isn't running right, or my Africa Twin, or anything, the KLR is the backup. The KLR is the backup for anything. It's the bike you loan to somebody. It's the bike you list on Twisted Road. It's just, it's the spare bike. Okay, now I completely sympathize, but this conversation went from, I like bikes that do specific things to, I just want another everything bike. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's true. So how come, how come, practical. How, so, how come electric bikes aren't in the conversation? Um, because they depreciate so quick. If you're not using them daily, it's not a good investment. All right. So here is, check this out. Tell me why I shouldn't get this. Trike 1999 VMAX for $2,500. Uh, is, is this a Gen 1 or Gen 2 here? This is, I love I think the it's yellow. A Gen 1. Uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. I think this is Gen 2. Well, what year is it? 99. Nine. I th yeah, okay. Um, I love these. This is on my list too. And it's right? it's so great because it's just such a stupid machine. It Jim, is, have yeah. you In ever such seen a, a satisfying way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the power numbers on these, but isn't it something like near a hundred foot pounds of torque it's, and like a hundred twenty horsepower? Yeah. It, it rides like a liter sport bike, right. but it's a bizarre cruiser. I mean, the only downside to these I know of is that they have like a range of like a hundred and twelve miles before they run out of gas. But beyond that, um, I mean, there's four very complicated carburetors. I mean, you have mm. Emma around, so <laughs> yeah. it's fine. But I mean, it when these carbs fuck up, because they got that whole like double venturi thing mm -hmm. for like they open up that set of mm -hmm. valves inside the that join the carbs, and it's a bitch to tune them. But outside of that, if you're willing to deal with that, 
And if if this one's pretty clean, I mean, twenty five hundred seems a little cheap. I know. Well, and that other KLR is only twenty seven hundred. And looks clean. I would go with the VMAX all day instead of a third KLR. <laughs> I can't justify a I third the KLR I when the you motion. haven't had a VMAX. Like, what kind of crack are you smoking here? Come on, but you she, have to go VMAX. But she has no KLR right If now. there's only those two choices, it's the VMAX a thousand times in a row. It's one to knock off the list and maybe own it for a little bit, like I own the CX500 Turbo. And I said, okay. This is like the fourth time you've said VMAX since I've shown up. I think that says it all. It, it like is. Like Beetlejuice. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is leading. Um, so I'll tell you the other other idea I had, which I'm going to wait till next month when, hey, we are going to be at Laguna Seca from Moto America. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be doing test rides there with CF Moto. Okay, so I saw, uh, so CF Moto was doing those test rides down in Austin. Yes. Did you see the Ibex? Oh, yes. The the fake Africa twin. Yes. Sure <laughs> shit did. Every one of those CF Motos is a fake something. Yes. And I need to ride all, I need to hit up some more test rides this summer because I, I will tell you, walking up on all those bikes, you can tell that all the bodywork is going to disintegrate within 18 months of owning them. But, you know, everyone that rode them was like, I mean, hey, pretty good. Can't beat the price. Da, da, da. What's the price and, on this? Oh, they're 12? all cheap. Like, one of them was over 10 grand. Oh, I wow. think the Ibex is The 12. Ibex was like, yeah, 11 or 12. All the rest of them, like, some were like four and a half, some were six. They, they, they have like a... a they make like a 300 in like four different flavors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Honda. You know, they, they, yeah. there's a 300 motor. There's like a 400. There's a 600. There's a seven. And they may have made something as an eight. So what does that do for you, though, in terms well, of like so different bikes? The Ibex is eight. So the Ibex is the KTM 790 motor. CF Moto makes the motor for the KTM 790s. And so they put that in their own bike. Well, I, I'm I'm going to agree that it shares DNA. <laughs> they, no, it's the same motor. They make the motor for KTM. Okay, I mean, so okay. they made their own bike around that motor. <clears throat> okay, I mean, yeah, uh, it, it's one of those times will tell thing. My mind is open. They might be brilliant, and you know, it's it's Chinese stuff. You'll be able to buy replacement body panels and shit off Alibaba all fucking day. Well, and that's the other thing I like to do is to experience something and really understand it. And that's why I got the Africa twin at first, that DCT, because I wanted to understand the technology and really try it and, 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 and see how it is. And I'm kind of feeling the same way the CF motos. A lot of people are saying this is the first Chinese company that's really making high end good stuff. And they're getting really good reviews from people. And so maybe I'll buy a CF moto and try it out. They're, they're making a big effort. They're sponsoring a Moto3 and I think maybe even a Moto2 team as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, really? Yeah, they're they're going mm-hmm. for it. Mm. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not racing any CF Moto frames or engines. They're just sponsoring teams and putting their right. name on the side. But, hey, you know, that's how KTM started in mm-hmm. MotoGP as well. And now they're winning races. Yeah. So, so I know. First world problems. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, the, I think you got to go VMAX. You've said it. That's my vote. There's one other thing to consider. All right. The sexiest scooter in the world. Hmm. 
the Honda Gyro. No. <laughs> Do you still have that thing? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no, I ride it. The, I, I'm uh, pissing off people daily <laughs> in traffic with that thing. No, um, now I'm blanking on it. What is a sexy scooter? The Italian, the Italjet dragster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new one based on If the... I could get an Italjet dragster. Now, that's cool. I, I could co-sign that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That thing's cool. What are those things running? I don't know. It's too much for a 200cc scooter, but I mean, Italjets jets are always too much. Anyway, it, it's that's my little little problem. So we'll see. Stay tuned to see what Liza buys next. Mm-hmm. I'll probably come home with like I don't know, you know, Harley Davidson Road Glide again. As long as it doesn't arrive via Amazon in two days. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to admit that that stretch ruckus on Moto buys mm-hmm. was it was very interesting. Um, who knows? Let's. I hope that I spend the money before I go to Vintage Days, mm-hmm. because that could be bad to be at Vintage Days with with money to burn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you'll money end up coming home with a CL seventy like Swiggy. That's did. exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you've been there with us and and the Cleveland Motor Gang the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you've left your mark. We're going to say, <laughs> we, we still tell the stories today. And in fact, um, when you said, I'm doing quotes, said you took your Vespa up the hill climb. I 100% fucking did. nobody saw it. <laughs> we, we still to this day go, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so 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 you, you've had your turn recounting the story on the show. Let me now. I will. I will freely admit. I may. I was. I had been imbibing alcohol. You were and I ten sheets to the wind. I am. I'm. There's a possibility, an outside possibility. I'm not a reliable narrator here, but to the best of my knowledge, I'll tell you what I remember happening. Okay, and I was right behind you the whole time. Something. Yeah. Something happened, and all of a sudden I was drunk. And <laughs> Liza goes, "Hey, I found a widowmaker." <laughs> and I went, "Oh yeah, That's a great idea." And before I knew it, we were all riding out to like the deepest, darkest part of Mid Ohio. <laughs> That's true. It was like there's there's areas where you're allowed to go to Ohio. Areas you're not allowed to go at Mid-Ohio, which are really areas you're allowed to go at Mid-Ohio. Yeah. And then there's areas you don't know about it, and you don't know if you are or aren't. So and then Jim has not yet experienced the, the woods that right. we discovered that year. I'm, like, the, John got to experience it, I but sure that did. was like, no, I, Jim can't wait to get there. I'm like, there's a whole nother world mm-hmm. we discovered. Yeah. It's like Donald Rumsfeld and the known knowns and the unknown knowns. Like, as far as like <laughs> places you can go in mid Ohio, as far as I was concerned, this was the unknown unknown. Yeah. Yeah. And so we ride out to like what, like, um, it, it looked like when you're, it looked like it was like kind of almost like a, uh, like a scenic overpass in the deep, dark, like recesses of mid Ohio. But that, you know, you know, when like a uh, Batman and Robin like came out on the bat cycle, <laughs> like a bush falls flat, it was like that. There was just sort of like, <laughs> you just sort of like rode through some bushes and all of a sudden That's there true. was like single track, right? <laughs> yeah. And, or, or Jim, just to paint the picture, awesome. we're, we're up like on, on, uh, track level up on the hill. Okay. And, there's a downhill with a path through the bushes 
that just a road you can't see the end of it and then at the other end you see the, well, there's a creek see, at the bottom too. well you don't know that you yeah, see okay. a hill climb going mm. up the hill so it looks like all you have to do is bomb down this hill head on and up. head on up Un, not knowing that there is a full-on creek with boulders in the middle so he we're like look there's a hill climb and he's like i'll do just it charge and he just bombs down this hill and then we didn't hear from him or see him again <laughs> right. for quite a long time so, yeah. so to the point said, where like Phil's like, I better go check. Yeah. All right. So it, what happened was you said, go down there. And I was like, <laughs> don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> and, and so the listeners know, I mean, you, uh, peop, this, the story is becoming legendary, but I was on a Vespa 150, PX 150. Nice and little scooter, too. Yeah, well, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I just, I just hit it. I was in like third gear before I knew it was happening, going downhill, and it was a much larger hill than I realized. But I wasn't about to turn back. And not sure I, you could have either. <laughs> it was, it was pretty muddy. So I got about halfway down, and I was kind of judging the speed. I realized, oh, I can't just go down here. I saw the the hill on the other side, and I was like, I better go fucking fast. <laughs> and then I saw the water <laughs> as I got about halfway down, and I thought, maybe I should try to scrub off a little speed. <laughs> and then I was on the ground. <laughs> and about like so like halfway to three quarters so of the way down i lost it completely me and the scooter or half of me and half of the scooter some percentage of me and the scooter found our way to a stop at different times and i was like well i mean i'm gonna have to work real hard to get speed but but and, and keep this is I don't know what percent grade you would call this, like what the angle was, but it was fucking steep. It, yeah, it's gnarly. So it's just after eating ship, you're still considering doing the hill climb. Oh, yeah. You're like, this is still a great idea. <laughs> oh, it was not an option can't, to Can't turn go back. back. Yeah, can't yeah. go no. back. And yeah, it would have been a hill climb either way, unless you go through the creek. So, yeah, he's just disappeared down into oh, the bushes, God. and we're waiting uh-huh. for so, something to appear. So I'm like halfway to three quarters of the way down, something. and it's like, hey, I can, I can still turn this into a W. I still think I can do this. And I also need to mention that the tires on this Vespa, this Vespa were beyond bald. Just just no traction. Were they like 15-inch anyway? 12-inch? 10-inch wheels. 10-inch yeah, ten ten <laughs> wheels, no traction. So I got the thing up. It, uh, it, it wouldn't start, but I was like, I got enough hill. Let's bump start it going down. That magically worked. I got to the water, and I crashed again. <laughs> The motorcycle gods are like, we're going to start this thing because we want to see how this plays out. So middle of the woods, totally drunk. Vespa scratched the shit. I I think one of the side covers had come off and I was still just like, fuck you, God. I'm making it up this thing anyway. So I so I was getting pretty tired at this point. It was was later in the day. It was like starting to get, it may have been like dark, starting to get dark when we got back. I think somewhere about this point, Phil 
was like, I better go check. Well, I wrote down the hill too. Maybe on, on Phil's little yeah. SSR. Yeah. So, so the next thing I did was. Oh, I sent Phil. He didn't come back, and then I sent you. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm yep. like, just keep sending them down. <laughs> I start. This is when I started making little bargains with myself. <laughs> I was like, look, if I don't ride down it and ride up it, I'm still gonna get up it, right? So I was like, all right, let me try to waddle my way up this hill. So first gear, rev the shit out of it. Let's go. And it's I'm slipping and sliding and I'm hardly getting anywhere. And then I'm like, okay, what if I like just put one foot in the footwell and I kind of like hop with the other foot and like try to push it up the hill. And, and eventually, like I'm like on like my it's like sliding and hitting my knees, but I've still got my hands on the handlebars and I'm like, this fucking Vespa is getting up this fucking hill on its own goddamn power. And I got about three quarters of the way up the other side that way. And then I just collapsed. So you started getting, started getting tunnel vision, you know? <laughs> and these dudes rode by me. Or I think they rode, but I don't remember. All of a sudden, like like two fucking angels descending, these dudes with I don't know, like 450s <clears throat> or some shit were like, do you need help? And I was like, <laughs> I, 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 actually, I said no. I was like, I'm getting up there. And they're like, let me help. So they helped push me and the bike. <clears throat> ah. But the bike, in gear, running, we got up that fucking hill oh, with okay. no traction, no anything, no <clears throat> whatever. And when I got to the top, I I managed to – it took a while to wait. I had to lean it way over on its side, really fucking kick the shit out of it like 30, 40 times. And it started again, <clears throat> and then I – was then after that it just turned into this maze of trails all over the place <laughs> and i was oh real tired and somehow even though i just physically ex exerted like <coughs> more energy than i ever had before in my life i was somehow drunker I, <laughs> I don't know and i didn't know which way was what and i was like which way to go back and i'm like which way's easiest and they just looked at me like i don't know dude <laughs> <laughs> and there, so, there's all these trails back there. oh i'm sure i made if it up dark. half another hill and then me and the bike then just flat out quit <laughs> and that's when you guys found me just <laughs> in the mud just done for uh, and that is what happened i think phil at one point said he's stuck on the rocks in the river we're like there's a river <laughs> what the the best thing that anyone said actually was uh swiggy shows up and he was on that buddy 125 yeah. we've been riding around he was the first person i saw he comes through and like the that bike was like up to the fucking forks oh, and yeah. mud and he just looks at me and he goes Littlefoot, you're still alive <laughs> <laughs> it was a sad state when that came back and fortunately we had Phil from Cleveland Motor there. He knew what to do. He flagged down some like utility vehicle yeah, with like, like a, a flatbed yeah. on it. Yeah. There's all sorts of vehicles Placed back up, there. Yeah. Oh, you he know? pulled the he pulled the uh the ratchet straps from the the his special off-road kit on the on the <clears throat> CT125. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's the guy to be with and just and just, just stuck the scooter in there and dragged him out and uh yeah, it was he, both he and the scooter just were looked like a wreck. But it was legend. But John is convinced he saw you take the river out. I'm not getting into this. That's just not true. It's a much much better story he's got. It's just not. It's just simply not true. I I I I, I mean I could have hallucinated the whole thing, but I am telling you, 
At least what happened in my reality. <laughs> well, we'll go with your reality because it's a better story. Yeah, there's motorcycle angels in that story. I love that. You know what? It doesn't matter which way you went. Once you get down into that shit, you got you went somewhere on a bike that That's shouldn't true. have been able to go anywhere. Oh, it was heavy shiggy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so are you ready to go back? Was that before or after the burnout contest? That was oh, after. That was before. That was, that was before. Because then he was like, I'll screw it. I'll screw it. Not done. No. Uh, are, are you ready to go back? Oh, always. Yeah. The. I mean, I feel like I have both beaten Mid Ohio and it's beaten me in different ways in different years. It, it, no one can truly conquer it, and I, uh, you know, and I'm certainly not one to back down either. So it's it's a it's a it's a, a rock and a hard place. It's it's unstoppable force and a mo- and a movable object. I'll we'll be back and we'll raise more hell. This. Have you considered entering any races? I have. <clears throat> I haven't thought about a bike dumb enough to enter. Now, come on. You you have to beat Nick's record for the uh, Vespa Cross. Wait, didn't he make <laughs> it like like half a lap or something? No, around the first turn. Oh, that was it? <laughs> <laughs> he had high ambitions and everybody was rooting for him. And the bike just conked out. I had a problem with the um, the, the plug, I think. Yeah, um, that is a, a lofty thing to enter into a, you know, a, not, it's not motocross. This was the hair scramble, hair scramble, yeah, the hair scramble. on a Vespa. And boy, it'd be great to see somebody try and tackle that again. I was actually talking with Scooter Dan about this a, a, a couple weeks ago. That Vespa is running again. <gasps> I was thinking about really just doing like a proper restoration on it. I thought, let's learn something about like using a hammer and dolly. Let's see what I can hammer out of this thing. And I'll be honest, I just made it worse. But, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought like, well, what if I just took the front fender off and just mm-hmm. took the side panels off? Mm-hmm. And just went, fuck it. This is a straight up dirt scooter. And I'll be yes. completely honest. I never even got the paperwork for that fucking bike. Ah. I, I don't know when the last time it was fucking registered ah. was. I should just <clears throat> sacrifice it to mud. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I, I, you should absolutely I do that. So too. Um, I wanted to talk a second about the, the Honda Gyro that you bought. Oh, yes. This is, yeah, Jim, get your phone out. Look this up. Yeah, this, this was a, a very, very esoteric bike that even i wasn't even familiar with but you're like i want to find i want to find a, a honda gyro in the vintage days if you tell the the vintage gods that this is what you're looking for it will appear but i think in this case phil found this one right yeah so uh i spent a lot of years growing up in japan and these things were omnipresent when you think about like japanese pizza delivery scooter you're thinking about the honda gyro canopy so describe it to people who aren't familiar with it it is. Uh, it has its roots as, actually as a uh, not a triumph, a um, an aerial, the aerial three. No, oh. uh, some weird guy in like the north of England invented this like strange torsion bar system, where you would have a three wheeled vehicle that will tilt like a like a motorcycle, yeah. while all three wheels stay on the ground. But mm. the rear wheels don't tilt. The rear wheels the do not tilt. But the whole body tilts. Body carries the body and the front wheel tilt. The back wheels stay on the back on the ground. So it's it's a beautiful vehicle. It makes no sense in America. I only have one because it's just a strange part of my childhood. And how many CCs is it? Forty nine. <laughs> Forty nine CC. 
with a, with a whole like a roof. Well, is this the a, base model or is it the roof? Oh, it comes the roof. with, or without. The roof with yeah. the roof. Okay, they, they've always made a few different flavors. There's they've made a bunch of different ones. There's actually one that they did sell quite a lot of in the states. That they called it like the Fox model or something, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just like a bare frame. It uh, mm-hmm. so so I wanted one of these. I've wanted one forever, and it's it's a beautiful thing. It's got like a little like um, parking brake on it that will lock it so it stands up and <coughs> walk away from it. Right. It's electric start and kickstart. It's designed because yeah, it's a pain in the ass to have a car or motorcycle license in a lot of places in Asia. You got people that need to deliver shit and whatever. You can't only hire people with licenses. So it is the ultimate vehicle for non two wheeled experience people to ride and weave in and out of traffic and deliver things at high fuel efficiency, reliability, all these. It's beautiful for where it's meant to be. It's very weird to ride though. You have to learn how to yeah. negotiate this leaning thing. Well, it has no front end feel or yeah, back yeah. end feel. Yeah, it's, it's, you're not steering like it's weird. Yeah, I mean, you do counter steer, but you have to trick yourself. It's, it's more like a carnival ride. It's it's bizarre, but it's great fun. I love the <clears throat> shit out of it, and uh, it's actually it it's a tiny bit faster than a Honda Metropolitan. It's. Uh- so imagine this 49 cc mm-hmm. this giant thing we sent him into town to go pick up our pizzas all the way into town <laughs> yeah. oh gosh oh yeah i got like perfect pizza delivery vehicle though because it had the giant pizza delivery box mm-hmm. on the back yeah took him an hour but yes <laughs> to be fair to me in the gyro when we got there they hadn't even started making the pizza but so so it's it's uh it's super weird because like i said it's electric and kickstart it's got a windshield wiper with bug spray it's uh it's got you know two two front lights and turn signals kind of like almost more like car-esque than motorcycle-esque it's like i said it's three-wheeled and it tilts it is a Honda 49cc that is four-valve fuel-injected. Wow. <laughs> so it's got a little extra power, actually. It's a CV so or what kind of transmission? CVT, yeah. yeah. Twist and go. And um, it's it's just a weird, awesome thing. Now, again, I ride it around Greeley, Colorado. And, I, you know, I have I was talking about this on on, on, on my show, No Komodo, the other day. <laughs> and uh, it... it, it it's a weird thing because even though it's got this big canopy, you are really exposed mm. when you're riding it. I kind of noticed that people can read your body language when you're riding it more than just on a regular mm. bike. It's kind of like when we did the helicopter ride without the doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like, people really see it. So, as I've gotten more confident riding this thing that tops out at 36 <laughs> miles an hour, people kind of see me riding it and they're getting less angry and now i'd say it more than half of people are just delighted to see it uh-huh. and because it's so unusual i think a lot of people think i work for the city or something <laughs> you look like, like a know, meter collecting, yeah. yeah collecting quarters <laughs> or, or yeah or like you know, you know I'm, I'm going around just like checking like city irrigation systems or something i don't know what they think it's a good but ideas. It's, it's weird so yeah well, i'm thinking about a, putting some like city logo stickers on the side of oh it you need now. a flashing yeah light. get the little yellow light I don't tell oh, you. Yeah, yeah. I just gave one. Just to try to pull yeah. people over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Start giving tickets. Why not? Yeah, if you so, pay yeah. cash today, it's, it's weird. Cheaper. So, um, I so the first year we went to to AMA, I there was a guy there that sells them the old two stroke yeah. versions, and I was like, you know, that's pretty good. And I had some money to burn, but I was like, I really want the canopy. I really want it. And then lo and behold, uh, I don't know, like. 
like two months before vintage days last year phil sends me because he knew i wanted one mm-hmm. and if you want something fucking weird yeah send phil, phil we'll an find email. It. Yep. it might be six months but you'll he'll finally go all right here it is you sick fuck i found one for you and it was way too much money but i had to have it and it was imported illegally into the U.S., oh, so really? it's like the ultimate JDM. You're not. You, I can't really register it. Or can't anything. do the Vermont trick. No, mm. I, it's it's just it's it's not in the system. Mm. It's and it's not old enough, and it's not. But it's like a low powered vehicle. But but to get a registration sticker in Colorado, I still need like a VIN that <clears> they'll recognize. <throat> And they can't recognize. So it's weird because it's the ultimate, like, sort of gray market. Just slap yeah. a plate JDM. on it. No, no different. Well, it's 49cc doesn't need it. It doesn't need a plate, <clears throat> but technically in most states, you still actually need to get a registration sticker. They're usually good for like five mm. years. Oh. Um, but I mean, it. A buddy of mine who was a cop was like, don't fucking worry about it. No cop's ever going to mess with you because they'll just get made fun of back at the police station. Like, Where to protect and serve there, Steve, pulling over those scooterists. <laughs> so talking about like weird uh, bikes that you can get at Vintage Days, what's next on your list? What's next on my list? I mean, well... Well, you saw that stupid Lambretta that I brought. Oh, uh, that is undergoing Lambretta over there, tan in the corner, right above your eyes. One green, white, tan Lambretta. So, uh, yeah, there it is. Yep. Next to the yellow one. Oh, yep. the DL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a little bit newer than that one. Mine's 1959. Oh. It's a Series One Li125. And pretty soon here, that's my next project to jump on. I'm going to take that up to 200 cc's, put a 25 mil carb on it, put a stronger crank in it. I'm going to get it to somewhere between 12 and 16 horsepower, so it'll do 65, 70 mile an oh, hour. Wow. So it'll. I don't need to go that fast on it. I just want it to be able to do 45 without like being wide open throttle and screaming. But after that after I get rid of some things, I kind of want to upgrade my 78 Goldwing to just like the next newest one and move through all of them. <laughs> oh, that's why you're like 90s. I have fallen in yeah. love with Goldwings. I can ride, I've ridden my 78 on multiple iron butts. I can just ride it forever. It's fucking fantastic. I will admit when I started just like, what am I going to buy next? I did type in Goldwing and see what was available. Everyone should have a Harley. Everyone should have a Goldwing. Yeah. Everyone should have a Ducati. Yeah, I've done the... Ducati and the gold and the uh, the Harley, but um, Goldwing, if, yeah, it's 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 up there. So something that's not a scooter, something that's not another Goldwing, mm. just a different version of something that I've had. Um, I like, am what what if you see it and it's too good of a deal? What can you not pass up on there? If How, it was a good deal, it would be really hard to pass up the. Um, the Hunter S. Thompson Song of the Sausage Creature Ducati, the uh, the SS nine hundred CR. Oh, that's what I had, nine hundred SS. Yeah, I, yeah. My daddy's have an eight hundred SS. It's really not that, Is that brilliant. Like a ninety five. Uh, I want to say the Thompson ones were early nineties. The C, like the one with like the the half the, the, fairing. Yeah, that's what I had. It kind of looks like a super hawk, but it's a yeah. Ducati. Yeah, nine ninety four ninety five. Yeah, the air cooled ones. Yep, yep, that's it would what I be had. tough. I mean, it's a big, loud, clunky, rattly thing, but it's it's the Hunter Thompson sausage creature bike. Uh, there's a couple super weird bikes. 
Um, How about, let me throw out a bike. Okay. A Honda Reflex. Mm. You know, that's tempting. I'd go Big Ruckus before I went Reflex. Oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking of like like weird, weird bikes. Um, I know, I, I... yeah, what can I? Ooh, if I uh, fa- if I did find gen, a Ural with the right price, I might not. I'll say something to pass. Be really hard to pass up: a first generation Jixer seven fifty. Okay, hmm. I was just looking at one. It's, it's just right. an icon of a bike, mm-hmm. um, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I'd feel that way about a GPZ. <clears throat> no, yeah, yeah, no, GPZ, GPZ. <laughs> same kind of thing, exactly. Oh, yep. GPZ. I've had. Three, four GPZs. Just because of Cool of Ice, my heart's a little closer to the Chixie 750. So I will tell you what is on my list. Okay. And it's actually, um, we were going to be talking about this more, on, but we're saving it for another episode. But I learned about this at uh, Vintage Days a couple of years ago. This I would not be able to resist. I have long um, wanted a, a Honda that. MB5. <clears throat> I've ridden right. that too. Yeah. And then I learned about the Kawasaki AR50 or 80. You can bump it up to an 80, which is t- they're mopeds <clears throat> that are the sweetest moped I have ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, these are cool. And I saw one. I didn't even know it existed. I'm like, mm-hmm. how did I manage to lust after an MB5 all these years? And not know, see, I got a model of the MB5 up there, not know about the AR80 Kawasaki. That is sweet looking bike. Yeah. I would not be able to resist that. I got uh, it, uh, kind of in that vein. There's this whole list of super cool Southeast Asian gray market bikes, mm. like the Honda Winner, mm. the, um, the, not the Win, the Winner. And there's another one, but all those like underbone one two five one fifties that are just like tuned out from the factory. Just you know, it's it's like you're like, how does this one fifty four stroke do seventy miles an hour? Mm-hmm. And the answer is almost no weight. And I I don't know. I I love these bikes that are not cool, but they're so specialized and good at what they do in other cultures and just, you know, like the gyro and just bring it into America and go like, look, I, I have a little bit of a passion for like low powered bikes. That's been growing over the last <laughs> couple of years too. I, I almost find it offensive that everyone's expected to just own a 200 horsepower car and you have to live your whole life with that. And then it breaks and whatever. And so I'm out there with my 35 mile an hour scooter, just like kind of like, Fighting for rights in traffic. I'm not winning at anything, but it's <laughs> so. Hold on, you live in Colorado. Do you have a dirt capable bike? Oh yeah. So well, uh, we've got a few. Me and my kids, we've got some. I got a YZ250 that runs. I have a 450 that I blew up that we're converting to electric. So oh. out there, do you have um, uh, like dirt bike parks, or do you just go up into the mountains and ride trails? Both. It's so hard to ride with the kids because we just got like crappy like '90s dirt bikes that I'd have to rejet every time we go up. Yeah, higher. no, leave the kids. So, leave the kids at home. Yeah. I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, the part of that BDR, Jim. You really wanted to ride part of the Colorado BDR there. Yeah. Have you thought of doing any of those kind of things there? Yeah, I mean. Um, yes, but on a Vespa, <laughs> right? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always find myself well, or a Goldwing, CT seventy. 
Well, they're what either they're... my I, my experience thus far is they're either way too easy or way too hard. There's not a lot of stuff in the middle. That's just kind of how Colorado trail riding is. So if I'm out there, it's sort of like, all right, we're just kind of like riding this, you know, side of a mountain, but we're not going up it or down it. We're just going across it. You go across and, it, yeah. And, and I'm just like, ah. So uh, like, if I if I go back, it's like I'm going to bring something smaller and dumber <laughs> and and just intentionally make it hard on myself. <laughs> Uh, or we end up doing things like taking like DT 100s to, to the dirt bike track and trying to do <laughs> like the super cross track while on the DT 100 while no one's looking. I, I don't know. We're, my problem with dirt is that I crash every single time. And if I haven't crashed, then I'm going to push it until I do. And so increasingly, my friends and family are trying to keep me away from it. All right. So let's go back to what we were saying earlier, a bike that has been on my list. You like weird. You like scooters, the ADV 150. What do you think about that? In fact, I would like to know, because this is something you do on your podcast, Best and Worst Bikes. I want to know, what is your take on the Honda ADV 150 scooter? Well, I want to say three or four weeks ago, it was either best or worst bike, actually. And I can't, re- I honestly can't remember which direction we went with it. Um, oh, no, I remember. We were talking about the PCX 150, and we're talking mm-hmm. about it's the same like powertrain. It's yeah, really a PCX just a street version. with better suspension mm-hmm. and whatever. And actually, yeah, the, so um, I love the ADV 150. Because it does have, whilst not really off-road suspension, noticeably better suspension than a PCX-150. one right behind you if you want to look at it. Uh, Oh, I know this bike. (laughs) It it has a styling to it that I think gets more people to try that style of bike. Mm -hmm. It, you know, it doesn't have like, I don't know, like the the like barbie vibes to it right yeah which is like unfortunately what a lot of people think of scooters unfairly and looks like an africa twin that got Mm. punished and turned into a scooter and i love it i think it uh, that like 16 horsepower is so much more than you think it is Mm -hmm. right and uh it's enough to do stupid little fun things and i like i said i like to do dumb things with bikes i i would probably have more fun out in the woods with one of those all day than I would my 450. Yeah. Honestly, I think I would just, you know, like, Oh, I wonder if I can get up that, right. It's a challenge. You know, you're going to do some waddling. You're going to fall over. You can do whatever, but you can ride it. You can definitely ride it to wherever you're going to go off road, which is a huge problem with so many Enduros or like it's an Enduro that is street legal. You can ride it. But like, what about the fucking maintenance interval? Like, I can't do that much work to a, a 450 RL. I can't cha- I, I can't be changing. So, the oil so just to be often. clear, this is best bike. Yes, best bike. It's only like $400 more than the PCX. You've got underseat storage. Mm-hmm. You've got more power than you think it is, honestly. You can cruise at 50, 55 without it really struggling. And it and if you get some flat ground, it will do 65 mm, without really shit, screaming baby. at you also. Maybe I need to go It looks one. cool. That's what you need. But it's yeah, also like it, a weird conversation piece. If you want to talk about your scooter, you can be like, it's the off-road scooter. So it's you're not like, you know, a dorky scooter rider. You're like, no, check it out. It's a weird scooter that you might consider having. So you get a little bit Her wheels are cool spinning. Do it. Look well. at her face. I think, so. I think we found it. I, I almost impulse bought one two months ago. Oh. 
I, I'm a big Do fan. It. it does, like I said, it does everything that the PCX does, plus some some weird off road stuff. Do it. Do it. All right, Jim and John, this is your opportunity. You get to name a bike, any bike or scooter or moped at all, and get his decision. Is it the best bike or the worst bike? Right, I got one. Okay, hit me. How about the Suzuki Bergman 400? Oh, <laughs> that John just got last week. Okay, so the Suzuki Bergman 400's big problem is it lives in the shadow of the Bergman 650 executive. That's true. Now, at Nokomoto, we famously love the Bergman 650 executive oh, okay. because oh. it's a bizarre oh, motorcycle scooter thing that really shouldn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. It's a yacht. Even mm. the 400, it is a yacht yeah. on land. Uh, yeah. I, I, I rode one down at uh, MotoGP uh, one year, and it is bizarre. It's basically got like the... Um, you know, like, remember um, Volkswagen when they started putting CVTs in their cars mm-hmm. and they invented the Tiptronic transmission, mm. which is just presets of the ratios on the CVT? Right. The Bergman 650 executive has that. <laughs> so you can pretend it's manual, even though it's a CVT, right. which is dumb. I guess it's only there so whoever's riding it can be like, well, it's a good thing I'm here because if we left the CVT to its own devices, it'd fuck shit up. It's a good <laughs> thing I'm operating this. Uh, uh, so the Bergman is weird, but for zero thank yous. Mm-hmm. You know, we get it. Yeah. The rest of the world doesn't get it, <laughs> right? I'll be honest. And I've never had a lot of huge respect because I just think it's, it's too big of a scooter. What's the point? point of a scooter is to be something small and nimble. Yeah, it was a pointless arms race. <laughs> You know, well, like, you know, like every other different bike, you know, like now the, the new BMW is a 1300 GS, right? Like, right. I don't know why did the 1250 not have enough power, like whatever, but every, you know, and then the KTMs go up, everything goes up 50 to hundred CCs every year. This arms race wasn't happening in scooters. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah. one asked for a 650. I mean, the closest, I guess, uh, BMW had a 600, but that was... Well, the uh, the uh, Yamahas are get get up there too. The Yamaha, yeah, had some four hundreds. I don't know if Yamaha got above four, the four hundred Majesty. The, Max, the 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 Max. C oh, the X Max. Yeah, X Max. Uh, that's yeah, that's large. I don't know what what was the Majesty before. But yeah, that. When, when the Bergman six fifty right. came out, it's there like, was what? the, the what? Silver what Wing, the yeah. Honda yeah, Silver yeah. five hundred. But no one asked for electric adjusting mirrors on a scooter, <laughs> right? No one asked for a top box. No yeah. one asked for like a twin cylinder engine. No mm. one asked for fourteen inch tires. No <laughs> one asked for any of this bullshit, right? <laughs> So I have to call the Bergman 400 best bike in the world. Oh, wow. Well, because all these things on the Bergman 650 executive are hilarious and awesome to us, but ultimately pointless. Right. A Bergman 400 fucking moves way faster than you think it's going to. It got me to 90 on the freeway, and I'm like, whoa. The 650 (laughs) is not appreciably faster in reality. (laughs) It's really not. And honestly, when you put them side by side, they really don't look a lot different. Mm-hmm. All you're sacrificing is things like the electric adjustable windshield. D- not needed. Oh, like part that. of the beauty of scooters is the simplicity. Right. Yeah. And whilst it will always have a soft spot in my heart, the Bergman 400 
is way easier to live with. Look, when your electric windshield breaks on your 650 executive, You're never gonna who fix the it. fuck is going to fix that? Exactly. Right? <laughs> what if your like weird CVT like pre pre uh, pre selected gear thing stops working? You're fucked. Plus, uh, Phil told me that like it has a weird problem with like the with like the the swing arm motor and like the bearing and axle thing. The Bergman apparently. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard about any problems with the 400. And I think this is ultimately why they still do the 400 and discontinue the 650. Right. It's it's a it's a Bergman 650 that you can actually live with. Right on. Nice, Jim. Do you have a bike in mind? See how it compares in his best and worst list. I I don't know. You kind of blindsided me with this one. So best pick and any, worst. Pick any you bike that you want to know anything. One of these bikes he will on the tell wall. you if it is best or worst. This okay, is the my Honda, magic power. The Honda Magna 750. The Magna mm. 750. Oh, interesting. Little hidden gem, I think. Uh, Maybe. Until is, the this, is this go the bad. 45 or the 65? What, is this the Super Magna? No, that's, no, that's the 1100. Right? That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, all right. It's the 750, but makes a lot of power. It does make a lot of power. Well, it's an interceptor engine, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A set, or, yeah. 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 Well, uh, it's, it's, it's a flavor of, right, yeah. yeah. It might be a different bore stroke or something, but yeah, essentially. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have one in this room somewhere. I believe it is yellow. <laughs> now we're all looking. I mean, they're probably <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of toy motorcycles in here. I, uh, I, yes. So the Magna 750. Um, I'm gonna have to unfortunately <gasps> go with worst. Ooh. And we're gonna break some hearts here, and I'm sorry. First of all, doesn't it come in like two different body styles? You've got the the you got so the V45 Magna, but then there's the V45 Magna Custom. Mm. Right, so there's like a kind of like a cruiser version, and kind of like a one that kind of looks like a Nighthawk as well. Right, they didn't have like two mm-hmm. different body styles. Well, the Nighthawk was a different bike. I know, but the there's Nighthawk like a, I think isn't there a Magna that kind of looks like a Nighthawk? Oh, sh- oh, sorry. somebody oh, did me. Yeah. Uh, I no, I just know about the big cruiser. I thought it came in two different flavors, but I may be wrong on that. And it doesn't matter because one, you say Magna and people go, oh, Super Magna. And you're like, right. oh, it's the 45. Or whatever that. Second, I've never seen one with all the original Honda badges on it. Mm-hmm. It is a bike that owners seem to be uniquely ashamed of owning, right? <laughs> it, and even if it's like not debadged to look like a Harley, they've always taken everything off and they've tried to like give it like a like a weird like World War II like Air Force kind of like he- rattle can paint right, scheme. Right, right. right. Honda Magna owners are very guilty of this move, right? Mm. It's a lot of homemade exhaust because they're like, oh, look how loud I can make it. Right. Mm. There's a lot of um, there's, I, there's a lot of handlebar swaps that don't make a lot of sense. There's a lot of... Um, That's what you're thinking of, right? The V45 Honda yeah, Magnet? Yeah. yeah, 750, yeah. Right, but isn't there like a oh, There's a different one, one, too. There's a cruiser-looking yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, there's a yeah, sportier-looking one, too. Oh, uh, I kind of think that's the sporty one. No, this, no, this that's is... The, that's, that's the cruiser, cruiser one. That's the cruiser. Oh. That's the one I'm familiar with. In any case. I like the sporty one better. You're it's, not thinking not, of the Sabre, because the Sabre came in a cruiser. Well, the Sabre the Sabre is truly sport. awful. The, the guy that designed the front half of the Sabre never met the guy that designed the back half. <laughs> it's, it is all like GPZ in the back and uh, the Nighthawk in the front, the Sabre. But anyway, so the, the Magna. Yes. No one seems to be happy to just own a Magna V45. And... It's it's just sort of it's only loved by people that have never had one apparently 
people that have never owned one are sort of like, oh, I love it. I'd have it just straight classic as it came, or I would do this to it or that. But like, no one really feels truly comfortable at home owning their Magna, in my experience. They've always been half cut up, or it is a job where it is just what was cheap, what they could find. Oh, my dad had it. It sat in the garage for eight years, and I'm just going to give it a black spray can job. And just. <laughs> and, and it's always like, oh, it's going to be a Harley someday, or yeah. oh, it's going to be a, a whatever one day, or oh, I'm going to cafe it. It always reminds me of one of those bikes that sat out in the rain. Yes. You know. Whereas the 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 V sixty five Magna proud ownership, right? All right. So I I, got, I, got, go ahead. I I have one for you. Okay. And this gets mixed uh, reviews within our group. Mm. Honda GB five hundred. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. The gall blimey. Settle in. <laughs> this one goes in and out of the best worst list constantly for me too. Yeah. So where are we now? So the the problem with the GB five hundred is that the size being worth way too much. It should check the boxes for you. It should because you like the the underachiever. You like the underdog. I do. I I, I love a little single. I love I uh, it. I mean, if you want that kind of bike, you should really just have an SR500. Right. But mm-hmm. it, but there's something to it. But again, it's one of those, like, it's it's got the cool vintage stuff going for it, but for no thank yous. Mm-hmm. Because only people like us know what it is. Right. It, it's like, uh, if, you're, if you've got, let's say, a Hinkley Triumph Bonneville. Right at every gas station. So, what year is that? Right. What is it? Is this a you know? Or even like a uh, we had a um, a Yamaha um, uh, uh, the six fifty that looks like a Triumph um, XS. No, no, uh, no, no yeah, no, no. XS six fifty. No, sorry, not yet. The oh, Kawasaki, the W eight hundred, the W six fifty. Well, and the W eight hundred. Right. We we had, we had one of those, and uh, people <clears throat> are always like, "Oh, look at that Triumph!" Wait, why does it say Kawasaki? But people right. approach you, but they sort of even if they don't know what it is, they they kind of know what it is. The GB five hundred with its single cylinder and it's whatever mm-hmm. and uh and you know people that's a funny shaped tank and they, they kind of know is that like a is that like a an isle of man bike or something or right you're like well it's this weird 90s honda it's a throwback kind of thing da 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 before you know it like you should have been 50 miles down the road already and you're still talking to some dude you don't want to be talking to <laughs> about this honda gb that cost you like fourteen thousand dollars that tops out at like 63 miles an hour they're not that, no one's buying a fourteen thousand dollar gb well people are dreaming of owning a fourteen thousand dollar gb i'll tell you that and, i mean i know like things are worth what they're worth but not worth what they're worth whatever i, I don't know that's a, that's a whole different game but i i mean you could also just get a cb350 and put like a cb354 gas tank on it and achieve the same thing also no 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 i think that bike is badass i I really like it i wouldn't pay the money they're asking for it but i love it well see there you go this in lies the problem you're going to pay all this money for this hard to find largely unappreciated bike Mm -hmm. for what budgets there's just a better option any single way that you go. And it's you're never going to get – look, the other day, 
on the gyro, I waved and got a wave back from a Hell's Angel. And really? that is way, way, way more satisfaction than I'll ever get from talking to some dude in a parking lot about a GB500. St. Paul, Minnesota, there's one for sale, $4,000. $4,000? What's wrong with it? It's St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I've just never seen one really in a condition, miles, price that I would go for. I mean, maybe the bottom's fallen out on them, on the prices. Maybe because um, the cafe racer <clears throat> craze is largely petering out. I think that that's part of it. Here, here's one for $7,500. i have seen the top price I've ever seen on one is ten grand, and that's like crazy. very low mileage, pristine, or actually in the crate still, like ten grand. Well, that's different but, if it's in the crate. I mean, maybe. I got mine for like 3700 <clears throat> years ago. I mean... I'll finish it with this. The only GB500 owner I know, Phil, I've never heard him really say a good thing about it. He's always like, yeah, I own one. Uh, He's got two. He's got two. There you go. He's got two. He didn't even mention to me that he has two. His and hers. Yeah, he's he's clearly not that excited about it. All right, I got another one. He's always riding some electric scooter instead of it. All right, see you, Jim. All right, see you all later. Good to see you. Safe travels. All right, one more. BMW R1200C. <laughs> right? The Montauk. The Cruiser. Behind you. The Cruiser. And there's the, also right over there. Right there. Um, the, 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 right uh, there. Cream colored. And I think there's one behind his head, too. The, the Tomorrow Never Dies bike. Right. Yes. That one. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> best or worst. This is another one that people, that you love them or you hate them. I'm on the hate side. Oh, I'm on the hate side too. I'm on the hate side too. So, so here's the issue. From what I, from what I've heard, it's actually quite a pleasant bike to ride. Yeah, I've heard that too. The issue is so BMW. It's you know, ugly. Talk though. about yeah. specializing in air cooled this and boxer twin that, but really BMW specializes <laughs> in uncomfortable styling, <laughs> and this is the apex of that mountain. Yes, right. It's like. They 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 had come up with this like their wishbone Hossack suspension mm-hmm. thing or whatever, and they were like, "Here it is, fucking in your face." I it, the bike would look more people would have been receptive to the styling is if if they had if like in place of the wishbone suspension mm-hmm. that's like totally exposed, they just mounted dildos to the thing. <laughs> it's it's uncomfortable to look at. It you know they finally did themselves a favor with the GS bikes and they put fairings over that shit. You know, Honda did the same thing with the newer Goldwings. But it's not just that. It's this Bavarian bike, right? BMW, the Bavarian motorcycle company. That's like saying like the Kentucky motorcycle company. Mm-hmm. But the people, oh, BMW, it's sophisticated. It's fucking Bavaria. But they're trying to do this weird, like swoopy, like it's like what it's like it's like BMW was like, listen, we're really gonna have a go at designing the ugliest motorcycle we can. But what if we bring in some people from Victory to help us out? Yeah. You know, that's what it looks like. And I just can't deal with it. Yeah. I can't deal. On top of that, they made a 700 version <laughs> called the Montauk, Oof. which is, I know. Why Even give worse. it this weird, like, New Englandy, like, like, was a boxer or a, uh, a 700? I think, I believe still a boxer, but it may not have been. It, it, but there was a seven, there was a smaller, there was a baby one. Yeah. That is just as uncomfortable. You like the R18? The big one they just said? The 1600? No. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's better than the C, the the twelve hundred C. I think it is. Yeah. It is. It is. But I mean, oh god, have you have you heard the name of the newest flavor? No, it's called the the. Oh my gosh, we were just talking about this on the shows. Um, the um, fruity pebbles. I mean, it might as well be. <laughs> if you just go on the BMW website, that it's there. And uh, it has the dumbest name ever. It's like Rock something. It's not the Rockster, which is another uncomfortable oh. motorcycle they made. But it's it's sort of like that in terms of the name. But it's not. It's basically just a bagger R eighteen. And they don't. They, and when I looked at it, they didn't even have like actual pictures of the bike. They just had like pencil drawings <laughs> of it. It's a pathetic effort. BMW strength is not in cruisers. Stop. It's like Honda keeps trying to sell us automatic transmissions to no real end. Why does BMW keep trying to sell us baggers and cruisers? To what end? It's not what you're good at. Uh, the latest BMW cruiser is a very nice bike. They did they did it right this Which time. Which one is that? The 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 what's the the current one? The R18. Yes, yeah, R18. That's, it's yeah. a nice looking. That is a nice bike. Nice riding, nice looking. They finally did it right. But yeah, the the R limited C it's just weird and ugly and it's uncomfortable. Un- Who was the guy that used to come here all the time on one of those? John. Yeah. Yeah, John Dalton had that I do wanna one. put a little thing in here. This is something I say often on my show. I will talk a lot of shit about a lot of bikes all fucking day. Yeah. But the truth is is at the end of the day, if I meet somebody riding one of these bikes that I have strong negative opinions on and they're stoked about their bike. It's all that matters. I'm always stoked about their bike with them. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, what's the fun in just agreeing with everything all the time? Uh, we do have a new sponsor that um, we want to give a nice plug to. In fact, John, I think you've been getting intimate with this sponsored product. And Pete, I'm so glad you're here because this is probably a product that you're going to really want. <laughs> All right. Support for the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast today is brought to you by Manscaped, which is the best man's below the waist grooming. <laughs> this is what you want in your balls. You don't want other things because you don't, you know, you don't want scissors. That could go really wrong. You is, want Manscaped. Is that why you didn't ask me to shave your balls this week? Pretty, I know there's that spot you have trouble reaching. I do. It's the taint issue, but yeah. but the, this helps me with my taint too. Okay. So, you know, because the products are precision engineered tools for your, all your family jewels, Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate in men's hygiene bundle. Join the 8 million men worldwide. That would be uh, 16 million balls who trust Manscaped's with this offer for you. 20% off and a free worldwide shipping with the code MISFITS20 at manscapes.com. 16 million balls says it works. So, Pete, I'm thinking your balls needs a Manscaped. So, what you get with this is a performance package. You get the get the trimmer to go on there and, and do some, some some sculpting like a bush if you want. Uh, you get the um, you get the lawnmower, which is you know, and you're not old enough yet. I'm an old man. I got hair coming out of places I never knew I had. So the the weed whacker gets up there in the ears and the nose and the, all the other places. And it comes with uh, skincare lotions and all kinds of other stuff. So you really want to go ahead and get this because I'm guessing in Colorado, it, the height and the altitude makes your hair grow quicker on your balls. Is that true? It does. Although uh, uh, I think I have a much more motocentric use for this product. You could remove unsightly fringe from Harley Davidson saddlebags, <laughs> which let's face it, are the pubes of the motorcycle world. Wow. Hey, hey, John. Yeah. Can I Can I check that out? Which, oh my, you, that uh, is smooth. I know, like a baby's bottom. A little wrinkly, though. 
<laughs> at least it's not fringe leather. <laughs> it's true. So everybody, here's what you need to do. Uh, get your 20% off and your free shipping with this code misfits20 at manscapes.com. 20% off with free shipping. And don't forget the code uh, misfits20 and unlock your confidence. Your lady will, or your man will love you for it. And always use the right tools for the right job. That's what we do here in the garage. Hey, let me help you out there. Good job, John. Uh, I, I aim to please. <laughs> so I want to um, um, pivot for our last segment. I want to just, uh, just something that's been on my mind. Uh-huh. Something that I read on one of the Facebook groups <laughs> I'm in. Now I just keep seeing the R1200Cs around the room. There's another one down there. Um, and it, it kind of bothered me. And it's not, not anything that I'm dealing with, but... Something that is happening more and more in the country, and I don't know if you're exposed to it yet either. We, a few months ago, we talked about theft, theft prevention. We had a woman on whose bike was stolen. Um, I've been following the New York motorcycle group since there's so much going on in motorcycle, uh, violating motorcyclist rights with checkpoints and, and so many bikes being stolen and so many electric bikes being ridden where they shouldn't. I mean, there's so much going on. So I follow that. I'm in one of the groups there. And somebody had posted uh, like yesterday or the day before, and they said, so my my scooter was stolen, and fortunately, I had an air tag on it, and we were able to track to where it was. And um, what we ended up doing is is talking to the guy who had it, and he said that he, but did not did not confront him, but just like, hey, that's a, that's a cool bike, and would you be willing to sell it or something kind of thing? I, I don't remember if he had it listed for sale. They found it, but anyway, he he was uh, offering this bike for sale, the scooter. So they went over there and did a little sting operation themselves, and managed to get the bike back and recorded everything with them, um, and then went to the police. And like, here you go, serving it up on a platter. Bike was stolen. This is a dude who keeps stealing people's bikes here's his image his name his address here's everything and they said yeah we don't have time to deal with this it's just a scooter right and this person was like what like and i felt i felt bad for them um so what it has to be a twenty thousand dollar you know motorcycle for somebody to care because here's the thing that may be and i don't know the value of the scooter let's say it's a two thousand dollar scooter even if, if it's a $500 scooter, how many $500 scooters does that guy need to steal before it's over $20,000 that he's stolen, right? So what's it matter if he's stolen, you know, 20 scooters or one motorcycle? This is somebody who's going to keep repeating. Yeah. It doesn't matter about the value. Also, to the person who owns that vehicle, it doesn't matter what the value is. That is their transportation, and this is a street legal bike that they are paying, registering with the city, that should get the same protections as any other bike. And what I'm finding is there are more and more people, I'm hearing the stories of people having to take it into their own hands to retrieve their bikes. Which is really not a good position to be putting the public in. Yeah. And I don't know if you've been following this, or if you're seeing this, I'm trying to figure out where are we going to this? And, and in this thread, he was saying, like, I don't know what to do. And some people are like, go to the news because yeah. it's not fair. And I'm like, that's actually a good idea. Other people were like, post his name all over Facebook or start 
um, buying subscriptions to like, um, you know, Young Boy Love Magazine, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> people come up with all these creative ways to get somebody back. But the what reality magazine is, racks is Young Boy Magazine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't really want to know the answer to that question. Um, but it, it bothers me that the police can't, won't help. And in the case of, you know, um, Jenya, who was on our show, um, they wouldn't go into the homeless encampment to look for it. And when right. I actually did call a, a a friend who's a police officer to find out what is the protocol, like what should the police do? He goes, well, even if we go into the camp, we can't pull up any tarps. We can't move things to look for it. Even if you have an Apple tag that says it's here, we don't have the right to go and search through people's belongings for it. And so that's kind of where their job ends, unless it is recovered for other reasons that they're in there, or if it is in plain sight. So it 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 brings up, you know, the this whole situation that's happening more and more. I know here on the West Coast in like San Francisco and Oakland, and especially in New York, that the thieves can just help themselves. Yeah. And what, I mean, where are we going to this and what is the solution? Well, I mean, I, I, I've got a similar story. It's not with a, with a bike, but years ago, uh, it turned out to be my neighbor stole my Honda Civic. And I called the police, made a report and whatever. And it was the normal shit that you're going to get. Like, all right, we'll take that into consideration. Blah, blah, blah. Really, well, all you're doing is creating a police report. And then when they find, you know, people with vehicles that seem suspicious, they will run numbers as they find them. But they're not out there looking for your car or your bike. I went all day around apartment complexes in the town I was in until I found my car. And then I called the police and I said, hey, I found my car. It's uh, it's here. I could just take it, but the person who stole it doesn't know I found it. I'm going to come back to it. They're going to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Can you put a cop here to catch that person? And right. they said, oh, we don't really do that. Yeah. So what, it's not even just that it was a scooter. It was just the fact that with these things, the police can't be bothered in general. Well, well there, I, there is some laws about, I understand why they couldn't uncover I, things because you got to have a search warrant to do that. Kind so of thing. this yeah, is a parking lot. I know, oh. but also in, in, in some cases it's not worth the police lives because to go into an area where there's known, like maybe meth labs or something, they are putting themselves at risk of, of gunfire. Right. To go retrieve somebody's scooter. I, I kind of, so I kind of understand Right. they're going into an, a known risk area. It's not worth risking their lives i get it but i'm just saying this situation has is getting worse and worse and oh, what yeah. a lot of people do is oh just have full insurance coverage and you just claim claim the insurance no, you won't get your full value well you won't get your full value and it's also going to take forever and a day to resolve it yeah i the only thing that i've seen people do so um swigs had used to uh, before he bought a house recently had tons of motorcycles stolen 
He had a WR450 stolen. He had a Vespa stolen. He had an electric bike stolen. And uh, one day we were recording the podcast. While we were recording the podcast at his apartment, someone came and with a screwdriver bashed in the ignition of both of our bikes, his Aprilia and my Superhawk, and tried to make off with them. Oh, jeez. And we must have disturbed them or something mm-hmm. as we came out because the bikes were moved and both the ignitions were trashed, but the bikes were still there, thank God. Uh, the only thing that saved him was that uh, his bike, his W650, his Aprilia, and my Superhawk were all chained together. Mm-hmm. And that must have created that last little obstacle. So the only thing I've seen in person, like, you know, from my own experience, be effective is if it's a known sketchy area or you're not totally comfortable with your bike wherever it is, you have to double or triple up. Mm your your locks right because you know the the odds that you know some uh, if it's a professional bike thief you're screwed they're just going to get your bike right but if it's more of an opportunist you know they may have bolt cutters but if you've got something and something else that takes them more time or whatever and it's really just about time and how comfortable and how much time they want to spend breaking those locks. Because we've all seen the YouTube videos of like, oh, we're going to put a lock on this bike, you know, hidden camera on the street. And then like, we're going to have right. the owner go up and cut the lock off and see if anybody walking yeah, by says anything they right? and they don't. So it's just time and how much nerve does that criminal have? And if it's an opportunist, the doubling and tripling stuff up will help. If it's a professional thief, I don't know. You know, it, this is a problem that's really, really bad. In you the didn't UK. mute it yet? I know. Bad boy. I know. You are a bad boy. Um, I'm the I'm the bad boy of motorcycle podcasting. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Go ask anyone at Vintage Days. So the yeah, that that's just really my take is that I don't know anything besides doubling or tripling methods. And as far as like the community goes, I mean. Maybe if you know, like, if you're, like, in an apartment complex or something and you're like, okay, I paid for the covered parking and whatever and there's supposedly cameras on my shit, maybe try to find someone else that, you know, lives there and, you know, double up your bikes, save a little bit on your parking and, like, try to chain your bikes together or do something like that to just make it a little bit harder. You can mm-hmm. both have the key to it if it's someone that so you're talking about you prevention. live with and you've trust. You're talking about prevention. What I'm talking about is justice yes yeah now more and more people are putting tags on them they know exactly where they are right what do you do you know where it is what do you do do you get a bunch of friends and you go down there and you confront because the police aren't going to help you and this is what i'm saying because the police can't won't help you it's now creating this this situation do you get a bunch of buddies and go down there the problem is you don't know somebody's strapped when you go into that situation and then you're then you're getting shot at. Right. You know what I'd do? I think I'd call a repo guy and be like, for 500 bucks, you think you can find a moment to pay the hell's angels to go pick it up or something. Yeah. So (laughs) maybe a repo guy might have the balls to do it. Yeah. So I'll tell you that there's a, a YouTube channel. I don't remember the name, but I've watched a bunch of his videos. And because in the UK bike and scooter theft is, massive oh my god it's out of control massive they literally just help themselves right Mm -hmm. um there's this guy who offers a service 
and he'll put his trackers on your vehicle. And, and uh, he's got clients anywhere from little scooters to sport bikes, to cars, to construction, you know, like bulldozers, tractors, whatever. Um, they, they hire this guy. He puts his, and he puts like three or four of them on, right? right? So they may find one or two. They don't find them all. And then if your vehicle is stolen, you call him. He pulls up his tracker. He starts driving around because he has to be within like a couple miles. And he he does YouTube as he's tracking. He'll find it. And then he will, he will get it back for you. Whoa. He will not confront people, but he will jump fences. He will explore yards. He will cut lock on a garage. If he's absolutely positive, it is in there. There's no way this guy's bonded and insured. I don't know who. I, would I don't know. I don't know. This he up, will but. go get it without, but he'll like be more stealth and not try. He'll wait for people to leave and then go steal it back for you. Is what he does. What a hero! But that's a special talent that yeah. you're not going to find one of those dudes for every city. <sighs> yeah, hero, and then and so he, he he records all these, go in and retrieve these things, and sometimes it's as easy as like. He'll find it behind an apartment building. And sometimes you'll see, like, they had a disc lock, but they just cut a pie wedge out of the disc right. and remove the whole portion of the disc with the lock. He shows, like, what what thing p- things people do and how quick they can get it. But he doesn't, again, he doesn't try to catch or confront the people. He just monitors and waits and then gets it back. And I'm wondering if that's where we're heading with this. That you're going to have to have these like vigilante services. I mean, this is this is part of what what <laughs> I mean. This is what the mob used to do. It's true. You paid them <laughs> it's like old fashioned you, yeah. you were in a bad area, mm-hmm. and and the police weren't up to the job. This is how the mob got a stronghold to begin with. <laughs> That's where this is going, Liza. Uh, we need like a motorcycle mob. Uh, you know, I love the, you know, I, I don't know why I never thought of doing multiple, multiple, multiple trackers. It's, you know, it's like, what's a, what's a tracker that people wouldn't, uh, people wouldn't consider or it's I'm, I, now. Well, my, I mean, I mean, like, the air tags oh, are really put, big, but you, you put, put three put or like four a tag in. inside the tire. Uh, like, could we, could we get like a valve, you know, like those tire pressure valve stems. Oh yeah. Could you install one of those? That's a tracker. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So. It's something that just, it really bothers me that the police can't, won't retrieve stuff. But I also, on the other hand, talking to some of them, kind of understand why they have their limits. So it seems like there needs to be a solution because it's just out of control. It it bothers me. And I feel bad for anyone who's been told by the police that they can't help them. You know, eventually when they sell these bikes on or something and get fake paperwork with them or whatever, I mean, as long as they're not getting chopped up for parts, uh, the uh, big problem is, you know, if you steal a car, you know, you can like sell it in Mexico or do whatever, you know, but like largely at some point there's a chance you'll find you'll find your car driving around because it's like, hey, you know, we it's a vehicle of this description. Oh, like they're the, the, the cops, you know, their system will tell them like, mm-hmm. oh, a car of this description has been stolen. 
there's not as many bikes on the road. And although to our eyes, they're all unique little snowflakes, they just see like, oh, there's a sport bike. It's some sort of ninja thing. Oh, it's a Harley thing. Right. They don't even like differentiate or think to, to run the numbers as much, I would have to assume. They're just not as distinctive in non-motorcycle people's minds. So even if it gets sold on and someone's riding it around and it's not being like, you know, in some thug's garage, it's still like, how are you going to get this thing back? Because, Well, I had a bike stolen last week. Oh. By bike, I mean my little electric mini bike that doesn't have a key uh. that we rode in the Pride Parade last weekend. Mm. And then at the end of the parade park downtown, and then somebody just help themselves to it it's actually the fifth mini bike i've had stolen during the pride parade savages like what i know, I know. uh we keep having mini bikes stolen because they're not really trackable and really no one cares yeah and uh it's it's bad but i just wanted to share that because i'm following what's going mm-hmm. on there and with other people and i my heart goes out to anyone who's dealing with it um there needs to be a solution and i don't know if if going to the news and, and putting pressure on the police to do something. Because, again, as I said, it's not the value of the bike. It's the fact that there are people who feel that they can just help themselves to other people's vehicles. And I think this needs to be stopped. And if there are people stepping up and tracking or doing stuff like that, like like it's assisting and finding it, that the police need to meet, meet you halfway. Don't you think? 100%. I I don't know what kind of, you know, national, you know, signature list we could get going to to raise awareness. There's so many other 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 issues coming I first, but I, it yeah, the most infuriating part is there's just little sympathy from the police or the general public. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, oh, "Whoop de doo, your bike got <laughs> stolen, your little fun toy." Well, when it's some people's livelihood. Maybe this is something I could bring up with the AMA. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- this is what the AMA is for. I think this I is think, exactly what the AMA is for. I think we may have to bring something up. Um, I wanted to read some emails. We had some good emails recently. Uh, you have one there that has a question. That's why I gave that to you. Um, first, I wanted to read uh, one from Ryan. Hi, Ryan. It says, hello, misfits. Ryan from down under. I'm relatively new listener, but I'm absolutely hooked. You guys keep me company through the long hours in my lonely office, so I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm also quite new to riding, having just got my open license a couple weeks ago. Ah, congrats. My dad got me into riding as I loved heading out on the back of his Triumph 1050 GT Sprint. So a few months ago, I got my own bike, a 2015 red and white Yamaha R3. Nice. Love it to death and love every second riding with dad and to and from work. I'm hoping the attached videos made it to you and also works, but it's a video of my one and a half year old son having a ball revving my bike. <laughs> I'm hoping I can get him into bikes just as my dad did for me. Love the show. Love you guys. Keep up the amazing work. And it is so cute. He's holding his one and a half year old son over a running bike who reaches down, grabs the throttle and just sits there grinning as he's going. That's where it, starts. it made me so happy. Yeah, that's where it started for me. So happy. You got one there to read? Pete, I do. I don't. I don't know if it's from a, a different country. I could. I mean, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you know the rule here. You got to read it in the accent of the country. Well, this is probably or the, just from or the, the region US. or the region. 
Yeah, I don't think it says anything about a region, so I'm just going to have to... Uh, um, I believe it is from... Let's see. Well, no, I'll let you read it. However you want. Okay. Yeah, I don't see anything from a region. No, I don't. Okay. It says, this is from Dan. Hey, Dan. Dan. It says, hi, guys. Love the show. Was listening, and I think you folks asked for topics. I was wondering what you thought about e-bikes killing the scooter market Mm. seems the old folks love their e-bikes makes sense no insurance registration you can stay off the roads best regards dan so So you're talking about bicycles here's a question are e-bikes killing the scooter market no right it's a different it's a whole different vibe are e-bikes killing the mountain bike road bike uh market no are e-bikes killing the car market no uh, I don't think so. Are e-bikes just having a surge and getting more people out doing things that they hadn't been doing before? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Too. I would like to exclude one wheels. I hate one wheels. <laughs> oh, they're they're from here, you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um. No. The, I think that is good. The e-bike surge resurgence is 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 good. Um. Because it's getting people just out outside doing stuff that maybe hadn't been doing it. Um. And it is helping a lot of um, bike stores and motorcycle shops and moped shops in selling stuff that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was talking to my the bicycle shop downtown and they're selling a lot of e-bikes. It's really helping them. But I will say it's something that I'm tracking that I'm not really ready yet to report on, but I do have issue with the e-bikes, e-scooters, e-mopeds that are um, faster than some of our motorcycles and scooters that we have to have licenses and registration and insurance for. And these e-bikes don't and are being ridden by children without helmets in the bike lane at 35 miles per hour. There's, there needs to be more registration legislation registration certification and uh licensing um but it's complicated which is why we're not reporting on it yet because i really don't know what the answer is but i do know that there's an overlap of performance on these e-bikes that require nothing and the performance level of these small displacement scooters and bikes that we need to have licenses and follow all the the, the laws for and have to ride in the street while these are riding in bike lanes. And it's it's complicated. I think the laws are starting to catch up, but it, it's taking a while. Because I think there's also issues with e-bikes well, on mountain again, bike trails. And the yes, levels on mountain bike trails and on the sidewalks in New York City. Right. It's kind of creating a new problem that needs to be answered. But the Department of Transportation is not yet there. Yeah, who's, who's the... the um I don't know, I, I kind of stand with uh, as far as like people being concerned about kids riding these things around. I kind of stand with Macklemore. I'm doing <laughs> 28, man. Calm the fuck down. Mow your damn grass and shut the fuck down or whatever he says. Like it's okay. So part of it is the rules and regulations, mm-hmm. which are catching up. Part of it's just a perception thing. Right. I think when you're in traffic and you see these vehicles, they're kind of taking a lot of different shapes and sizes. 
And as you come up on one, you don't really have a sense of what it's capable of right. doing. You know, when you see a sport bike, you know, this thing can just blast off at any moment. When you see a scooter, you're like, ah, it might keep up, but it kind of accelerates slower. Yeah. You know what a Honda Civic does. You know what a Ford Raptor does. When you see these things, sometimes they do just really zip off. I don't think emotionally, like, sort of people are... They don't have. They haven't taken enough common forms for a lot of drivers to feel like they can predict what they're doing. So they cause some unease. Well, and, and, and then that garners just bad attention for them when really everyone just needs to get used to it. Well, and like you said on mount on uh, biking trails. Yeah, you know, I'm saying we're there is definitely. I, I don't want to take the fun away from people, but. I do see that mm, we need to get a cap on this. Gotta let the hooligans hooligan. <laughs> exactly. So that that <laughs> I'm just saying that trails. is my only issue. But I'm great. I'm glad to see more people out there in the wind having fun. Well, eventually, my my theory is is that all these e bikes and things are basically everyone's going to wake up and realize the the most practical form where the best application of electric is in scooter form. Yeah. And I think they'll just kind of eventually morph into some like styles of e-bike that we're familiar with, and some styles of e-scooter that we're familiar with, and um, that'll help is Vespa a lot. Doing of it? But, but hold on. But, oh, they've had one for a few years, okay. the Electrica. But yeah. the way that it's written now, if it has pedals, it has different restrictions than a scooter which doesn't have pedals. And that's why it follows the the moped law right. that you can be under sixteen and ride, and like they're they're. They're tagging on to the existing moped law from the 1970s mopeds, and and, and they have to rewrite all the yeah. requirements there, for them. There is one last thing on this email I want to address. Yeah. They say they're talking about staying off the roads. I think you're safer on the road. I I you know I ride bicycles too, and constantly people are like, "Get off the road, man!" It's like. I'm here by right. You're mm-hmm. here by privilege. I, I have a lot to say about small vehicles privileges on the road and their rights on the road. And it's like you're you're driving a car like it's it. There's there's responsibility on the person on two wheels mm-hmm. to keep themselves safe. But also, you know, I you can have your license taken away. Doesn't matter how many times you, you get yeah. caught drunk on a bicycle. You can still ride a bicycle. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a right. Like. Chill out. Whether it has a motor or not, if it's a bicycle, I calm down and stay on the road. <laughs> and also, how many how like thirty five mile an hour vehicles do we need on sidewalks well, where kids are supposed to be able to walk and shit? But you have to remember the way they're getting around these requirements is they will have a street mode, which is restricted to the speeds that mopeds are restricted to, right. and then they have off road mode that opens it up. But of course, people are riding in off-road mode on the streets. As I would. So that's kind of like the clause. That's how they're getting through. And that's why they have high speeds that they shouldn't have in bike lanes. But I- I'm just waiting for them to catch up. I found one that does require an accent that I think you're capable of doing. Okay, where's this one from? And Charlie this- Hutchins from mm-hmm. where? Wales. Oh. Oh, shit. That's a tough one. Yeah, dude. Welsh. Come on. You got your roots. Come on. <sighs> Welsh is come on. So, I'm just gonna do it in um in in a Midlands accent. <laughs> Here we go. Because that's not too far. So I'm from Worcester. Yeah. Which isn't too far from Wales. Um, <laughs> you really <laughs> uh, put me on the spot. And I believe Charlie is female. So go ahead and hit that too. 
Come on. So, Charlie, thank you, uh, first off, for sending in. I said, send us a picture with your sh- with your T-shirt on, um, that the same shirt that uh, that Pete got one of today. Oh, Thanks yeah, for it's visiting. very nice. It's very yeah, nice. Yeah, and if, hey, if, if you want one, go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, hit on the shop. You will get one. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read it like Ozzy Osbourne, because that's <laughs> okay. actually pretty close All to right. where I'm from, too, right? <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, all right, this is from... Charlie Hutchins um, in Wales. Jeez. Where in Wales? Uh, it doesn't matter. All right. So as, as Ozzy. Put me on the spot. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing Peaky Blinders. All right. <laughs> Hello to all. Just wanted to say thank you very much for sending me a free Motorcycles and Misfits t-shirt. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love listening to your podcast and you truly, and truly look forward to listening every week. Mm. Here's a photo of me. Wearing it on Monday, where I'm at the top of our oh, she's yeah, this is where I handed it to you. Our in some, yeah, you know, a a mountain. Look, English spelling is just for fun, Welsh spelling (laughs) is I, and I'm not even gonna go there. Mountain in Wales, me and my mom walked up, and it was absolutely stunning, though extremely windy at the top. I hope you enjoy your UK trip yeah. and get to see how beautiful Wales is. <laughs> Chief, this is so dumb. There's some amazing roads here that are brilliant on motorbikes. Thanks for the hard work you do, putting the shows together, and again for the T-shirt. With love, from Charlie. Ah, oh, thanks, oh. Charlie. You should have done maybe Sharon Osborne would have been a little bit Sharon. better. Ozzy! <laughs> oh, Sharon, where's the remote? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. With a little bit of Brooklyn thrown in. Good. Um, John, I saved the best for last. All right. <clears throat> this is from uh, JR from Sacramento. Hey, JR. So it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's been a while. I was injured, non motorcycle related. So work and riding were placed in the, on the back burner. It's been two and a half months now, and I'm back on my on the BMW, and now I'm retired. It's too long of a story for this email. I really enjoy getting to know Stumpy better. Thank you. Uh, he has a great story, even though he probably d- doesn't think so. It's always fun to get to know each of you more intimately, but John is behind the scenes, and we hardly get to know he's there. It was a wonderful thing that you did for him. I agree. And it reinforces how tight-knit motorcycle people are. Good on you. I have two things to say about BMWs. Liza, you are correct. Thank you. (laughs) She loves to hear that. The ergonomics and and element protection that BMW offers is unmatched by any other brand. Well, the Winnebago runs a good match, but their agility, not good at all. Now, Ms. Emma said that the CHPs is primarily some other nonsensical motorcycle, the Concourse. Not true. CHP use primarily BMWs for almost two decades. Just a few years ago, they went back to Harley. They went back because the... BMW won the contract California wanted to make changes that weren't in the original specs and BMW said no. Be that it be that it may, over 50% of the CHP are still on BMW. Smaller agencies still use BMW and FJRs. Most officers will tell you they like the speed and agility of those better than the Harley. Great show as always. Keep the wind in your face and the rubber on the ground. And I can't wait to get chastised by Emma. <laughs> Who's not here to defend that. 
Thank mm. you, JR. He was down here for our 500th episode. He also sent in a picture of him with his granddaughter, Ryan, wearing her motorcycles and misfits. Oh, t-shirt. I remember JR. Yeah. 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 yeah really yeah, he, fun. He's great. So, um, well, I was just going to say about that email. It's yeah. my first time in California, and I'm just unbelievably disappointed. I haven't seen <laughs> anyone in a police-dressed KZ-1000 dressed like Ponch yet. Oh, I think yeah, no. all of the CHP should be forced to they dress, do dress like, like Ponch. Well, you miss not. Oh, do they still? Knock, yeah. Knock dresses like And they wear Ponch. short-sleeve shirts. Oh, excellent. Well, I can't wait to see one. Maybe and, they, and they wear equest- equestrian boots. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. That's that's well, all's well. And I've asked them why do you wear short sleeve shirts like on the freeway, and they said because they're wearing so much like the armor and stuff underneath that they get they get overheated. They just get hot. All right. they, that to put a jacket on is just too much. And if it's really really cold or really wet, they they do they still have the half helmets too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's what they wear. Yep. They're just on All right. Harleys or BMWs. Yeah, I have no issues with that. Where they can ride whatever they want to ride, as long as they oh, dress yeah, you like. Haven't Ponch. seen one yet? No, not oh, yet. Right. I, my eyes have been open looking for them. Have you? What You're else? You're just not you... going fast enough. <laughs> well, not on the Rebel Three Hundred. <laughs> no. Is there anything else you've seen in California that that uh, surprised you or impressed you? Uh, have you seen the Golden Gate Bridge yet? No, that's on the list for tomorrow. Okay, well, that's that's quite fun. Uh, you know, um, people warned me I'm getting used very slowly to California traffic. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird, too. I, I'm really excited to lane split, and I actually haven't really had an occasion to do so yet. Oh, yeah. I really do kind of as much as I can try to ride my own ride, and I... And I, lane splitting is not legal in Colorado, yet right. I still do it if I feel like it. Yeah, I did it on the freeway yesterday. It's it's just, you know, it's it's an unenforceable law if you really think about it. Uh, how are they going to, if it's gridlock, how are they going to get right. to me? So I just do it when I feel like it, but I'm excited, especially when we get into LA and I'm going to ride with um, with Larry, with, with Junkie from oh, Creative yeah. Riding. And he's promised to take me on the Vespa th- down by like the LA River and we're going to do some <laughs> wheelies in the LA River. And well, the the thing that maybe you weren't prepared for that many people aren't is that when the sun goes down, it's winter. So we wear our like the puffy coat came out last night. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It, yeah, you might feel it on the way back to the city tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's cold. Like right now, we go outside. It's the w- temperature is dropping. I mean, is it going to be over forty? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It drops down into the fifties. Okay, but even in the middle of summer, I ride year round in Colorado. If it's over yeah, yeah. forty, I'm fine. Well. I think that that wraps up. I wanted to thank you for joining. Yeah, me. it was great having this you here. You told me awesome. a while ago that you're coming out. I mean, Too bad you couldn't come and join us longer in the garage. We were still kind of hanging out. You yeah. saw what it's like. We all just kind of shoot the shit after we we did a little bit of work today. I, yeah. I worked on the KLR since I'm selling it, and we all jumped in and helped John lube up his uh, stem bearings. Uh, it was a it was a group effort. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we get shit done and then we just sit around and shoot the shit and talk. And this is where the podcast what it's came all from. about. Yeah. So I hope next time you can, uh, come back and spend a little more time. You're oh, still yeah. like looking around. You're still discovering new things in here, aren't you? Yeah. Well, you know, is, it's I, like being inside Eliza's brain, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's this thing you've experienced this and we've had listeners come up and they're like, oh, you know, they've heard how many hundreds and hundreds of hours. Right. 
and then you're actually in the space it's a trip. that you've yeah. heard because oh. there's a room microphones all around it. it's the voices the faces the everything when you and you know we've met before i've met both of you before right but being in the room is still very, very different. And you see pictures on Facebook and this and that, but there are twice as many bikes as I thought oh, there were. Look what I have over here. I oh, there's more. Pulled yeah. it out of the bag. <laughs> it's still in the shopping bag. These are all uh, Lego motorcycle kits, toys. Yeah, we still in the shopping bag. We have that one on our table. Oh there's no, a few that, that one. We that share. one. That thing's cool. Actually. That one you're pointing at. So these are the, it's a Lego company, but it's called, what is it? Tech. Te Lego Technics, isn't it? Technic. So that one you're pointing at is the Chinese knockoff that I built. I was going to say, ours the is a real different one, color. The real one is down in the box on the floor next to you. I got both of them to compare to see how, how it is. And it's interesting, the, the building blocks, all the pieces were, are identical, but it's the stickers that come on that do the graphics that were a little more janky or not quite right. Hold on, Liza, we, we were just talking about CF Moto earlier, copying yeah. other bikes. Like, yeah. We're now into like doing the Lego Chinese Yes, I bought the real one and the Lego one. Is there no end to this madness? Because maybe it's time to end this recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of fascinated by trying all those. But yeah. And I also have decided that the Star Wars speeders are also motorcycles. So I have Star Wars speeders all over this collection, too. Yeah, I know. There's a lot to see. But thank you for coming. And and if you weren't aware... Uh, you got to come to Vintage Motorcycle. Make it happen, no. Captain. I'm, I'm trying. Like I said, I'm okay. doing like a job change thing. But like... it, I got to have priorities, you know. Yeah. I, well, you guys need to come down to GP one of these years. Yeah, I would. Well. That's on my bucket list. It's a thing to do. Well, like we got Mono America here at Laguna Seca. Oh, GP is a whole different ballgame. It is on a different level. Yeah. Yes. Which, but by it the way, is, if you've seen the race today, don't tell me. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not watching till I get back home next week. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. This is your chance to plug whatever you want to plug. Oh well. You know, I you know the misfits do a great job, but if you want some more real <laughs> premium, real premium, clevelandmoto.com. Well, <laughs> that's fine, but if you want uh, a motorcycle podcast with just as much frivol frivolous talk that equals the go misfit to, sound go quality, go to creativewriting.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question is, have you found the 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 Phil hotline for complaints? Because he set up a special hotline for us for complaints. Uh, Phil at clevelandmoto.com. Well, I just on. have Phil's number. I just <laughs> fucking call him and annoy him. Finish your plug. I was going to say, <laughs> if you've run out of options for motorcycle podcasts, check out the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. There you go. Anywhere you get your podcasts. There you go. Well, thank you very much for coming down. Um, this is a part of the show where I say thanks to everyone. We've had some new Patreon subscribers coming on thank board. Thank you. And... Full, I mean, full disclosure is Patreon that paid for your scooter, John. Oh, thank you all. So, yeah, so we really appreciate you guys. And you can see I'm using the money well. <laughs> we just got the Joe Rogan, like, our, Mike Booms with our Patreon money. Oh. You're buying whole motorcycles. They're on a different level. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, um, especially our Patreon subscribers. Hey, keep those emails coming in. Let's hear your questions. Also, um, we're gonna we're working on an upcoming episode on mopeds, which I call the redheaded stepchild of the motorcycle world. I want to know if there's anyone out there with a moped, uh, because I think they're pretty cool. And 
they don't really get the respect they deserve. So we're going to be going deep diving into that. Um, but I'd like to know, yeah, do you have a moped? Let us know. Send us an email at motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. And uh, we might even uh, include you in the show. Who knows? So um, do you know how, how this goes for the ending? Have you made it to the end? No, that's, that's the, the wrong one. The other guys. But I think you'll you'll figure this out. So on that note, let's get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Moto G Pete. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool.